0: West of Twin Peaks Radio back again. Today, a special encore episode featuring four local guest artists chatting and diving deep into their four recent releases. Lock in. This is a best of
1: West of Twin Peaks Radio with MJ Call on BFF.FM San Francisco.
2: As younger, Louis Vuitton. your mother on a sandy lawn.
0: Hello, hello, hello. MJ here again from San Francisco, sort of. I'm off on a summer adventure, so instead of repeating an old show today, I've assembled four recent guest artist segments, spotlighting four recently released albums. You'll hear Sacramento's Tara Lopez, founder of the project Rituals of Mine. She'll be talking about music, mental health, and more revealing new music she's working on. You'll also meet emerging Oakland singer-songwriter Asha Wells, whose debut LP, Water Words, is an album worth putting on repeat. Oakland duo Cardboard People chatted up about their self-titled LP and how they're all about keeping the fun in music-making and performing. And I'm starting with Marin County artist Ryan McCaffrey, a.k.a. Go By Ocean, whose new LP, Can I Communicate With the Unknown, is a collaborative effort with numerous local musicians, many from the North Bay, who have created a treasure of an album that was just released on Friday. Our chat from his home studio in Novato and a deep sonic dive into the LP is coming up right after we hear the first single off the album. This is called One True Golden Heart.
2: Tell you what I felt and learned today. Love's the only natural painkiller. Beneath the oldest world, a diamond The Shadow of the earth rolled over. With the wind over to standing in the way I'm to glimpses. Once you go, it's not so hard to come by. You know it's now. Split between the ocean and
3: i'm good i'm good what's happening it
0: looks gorgeous there what is it about music that's made in 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 north of the golden gate bridge that gives it such a a different vibe than music made right in the bay
3: oh man i don't know i think that this particular record for me um was was kind of a reaction to the last couple records i've made this record has a little bit more of like a mellow sound to me uh, at least uh, compared to the last couple records that i made um that were just uh just had like a lot more synthesis involved with them um, drum machines and synthesizers and stuff and so like my initial uh vision for this record was just to have it be acoustic, um, meaning I I would play acoustic guitar and just sing, and then um, I I started the record with with my friend Tim Bloom, and so the plan was to have him play some mellotron and uh, a little piano organ, and, and just have like really um, just a couple things to accompany the songs um, and as time went on um, you know I just I just got more and more inspired by adding more sounds to it and, and, it, and it turned out the way it did um, but perhaps it has a little bit more of that like you know folk kind of sound to it because of that because it started like that
2: Tell me Everything When it feels right
3: Yeah, we we had a really good time making this record. It was a lot of fun. We started right before uh, the whole lockdown, and it you know I, I I took the better part of I guess a year, maybe a year and a half to track everything.
0: So do you think, you know, as you said, as you went through, you added added more sounds and elements and obviously more people to your project. Do you think that was due in part to not only the sonics you were going in after, but also the fact that people were around to do it?
3: Yeah, I mean, this record, as much as it was, you know, we kind of did it part by part. Um, it was such a fun collaboration and, um, I think people were available to do it, but it was, um, yeah, just as time went on and as the songs were developing, I think, oh, this would be great to have bass. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a few guys that play in the band, um, Reed Mathis played bass on the record, and so did Steve Adams. And their, you know, their contributions were great. And everyone that played on the record really shaped the sound of it, you know. Um, so I feel like this is definitely like the, the whole sound of the record is is definitely a big collaboration. It's great.
0: You start off with say, "Same Man," and I think that's kind of a statement on what kind of album you're going to hear from the rest on because it's it involves all those different sounds and background vocals and all that stuff, and it it just it sets itself up for what you're going to hear in the rest of the album.
3: Exactly, I'm glad you noticed that, and especially with just like introducing the horns right out of the gate. My buddy Sean Craig played horns. played trumpet on the record and um anytime i can incorporate trumpet or any kind of horns um i'm happy um like a big a big component of my listening is you know the music of charlie parker and john coltrane and kind of all the usual suspects miles davis um so i love add you know horns when i can but um yeah it seems like that song all the ingredients are there that kind of you know set the tone of the record
0: Glad you mentioned the the horns and the trumpet because that is something to me that that sets it apart, and it's such an interesting instrument in that in one song it can it can just add a melancholy to it that that you don't end that 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 it just is wonderful, and in the next moment it can add some a spirited element that that is completely different, and I just like how you used it, and you didn't use it in every song
3: no not every song um and i love that you say melancholy because the the first you know the first portion of this recording one of the one of the bigger themes for for tim and i was um you know the song uh, suicide is painless um the mash
0: the mash theme theme.
3: (laughs) (laughs) so we kept on we kept on, you know, going back to that the feeling of that song, you know, when we were utilizing the the Mellotron and and queuing up different sounds from that instrument, and we're just like, man, this this feels like like mash, you know. So we kept on going for that, but but there's there's, I mean, I just kind of love um, a touch of sadness in songs, you know, um, not all songs, but i think that that's kind of in there and i think that the sound of the trumpet mixed with the malechons really adds to that
0: one of the other songs that that featured the trumpet and orchestrations is what i'd call it is ascending Ghost," and it struck me as very new term Backrackian. Very Burt Bakrakian. Uh,
3: oh, cool! The,
0: with the orchestrations and the mood created, and it just kind of and the sound of the '60s, '70s in there. Um, right. and yeah, that, that's cool. That's one that, of my that... favorite songs on the album.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that that tune. I think that tune might. I mean, at least currently, might be my favorite. Sending ghosts um, just, just seemed to be a very honest and, and pure offering on the record. Um, I think that song really is a good example of a lot of my influences, kind of boiled down. And um, I guess that's that's what you know your sound is—is is just yeah, a culmination of like your influences, but. Um, anytime I can kind of, like I was saying about the horns, but it's also the ryth- the rhythmic feel on that song. Um, it has, you know, a, a bit Stamba of like, thing. yeah, a little bit of a song, but Bossa Nova kind of sound. And I love, you know, those Bossa Nova records that Stan Getz did. Um, and I knew with that tune, um, to get that sound my buddy and longtime collaborator in music sean nelson played drums on that song and he did such a wonderful job with that um but yeah it has that it has that element of swing to it and um the melodic the the melodic stuff that runs through it i was i was really pleased with so i love the way that one turned out
0: Is there a thematic through line at all lyrically to this album?
3: You know, that's something that uh, David uh, Glacebrook from, from the label, he noticed that it wasn't anything that was intentional for me um, necessarily. Um, I th- I had written most of these songs in 2019 and i think a couple of them had been you know i've been kicking around for even longer than that maybe 2018 um so generally lyrically um, at the risk of like sounding trite i i like i'm always just kind of processing my life through lyrics you know and um it's it's helpful for me to do that, and so I and, and so I think a lot of times there's these like reoccurring themes that come up for me, um, like sorting through addiction and um, and 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 love and and a lot of stuff that I think people write about, um, but I'll continue to write about that kind of stuff and then just try to figure out different metaphors um so that you know the song isn't so absolutely direct although there's a couple songs on this record that are pretty that spell it out pretty pretty clearly
2: it's an overreaction no pain with the pills outdated eyesight a love with no frills gave me a reason to hide in the sale a ramshackle treason more than find hell. I'm sick of my all life. songs even though
3: they it may be like wow this person's gone through a struggle i'll write a pretty you know heavy song um just as a reminder you know what i mean because i've been relatively you know i cleaned up my act about 10 years ago um so as much as that stuff can appear to be kind of in in the rear view mirror it never really is and so i'll always kind of write songs to Um, remind myself that you're never out of the woods Um, and you know and that's why for me like a song like going to die that's pretty direct Um, that's a reminder of like where you wind up you know what I mean it when you're in like late stage addiction that's um, that's that's what happens
0: I liked Roberta, too, because of its R&B and it's, you know, kind of like uh, Marine County Blues textures.
3: Ah, uh, yeah, that one was kind of the outlier. I like that one, too. We made it kind of uh, almost with the with the vocals at the end of, like, kind of a gospel kind of sound to it. Um, but, yeah, that one, I like the way that one turned out, too.
0: Who did your background vocals?
3: Um, Adam Bowers, who played steel guitar in the band. Did a lot of the background vocals. David uh, Glacebrook sang a lot of the background vocals. He also played just a lot of instruments on the record and mixed the record, helped produce it. So he was such a huge help uh, throughout, you know, the, the the second half of completing the record and kind of getting it to the finish line. Uh, but he sang a lot of background vocals. I did a little bit, um, but those were. It was mainly uh, Adam. And and David
2: Down
3: every nowhere
2: path you Say a shield of light comes to the
0: Did you grow up in the Bay Area? Where'd you grow up?
4: No,
3: I grew up in uh, Southern California, in Irvine, and then Newport Beach. And I moved up to San Francisco in 2000. And I went to uh, school at SF State. And then I just stayed up here. I lived in San Francisco. I actually lived in Twin Peaks. Cool. In, like the, the early aughts, like 2003. Um, 2004 something like that for about a year and I lived in various places in San Francisco for about 12 13 years
0: and, were you, and, and I assume you were doing music here at the time, too.
3: I was yeah, I was actually studying psychology at SF State But I was always playing music um, Since I was a kid, you know, I've always been involved in music So, But yeah, I mean for me it was one of those things where as soon as I could kind of get up to the Bay Area, um, you know, this is like my thought process from when I was a kid. I remember the first time I visited San Francisco when I was like seven or eight years old. and thinking it was just magic.
2: So.
0: Do you have a touring plan what what is what does your summer look like as your album gets going
3: i well we have a couple shows for the initial release we're doing a show in fairfax at a place downtown called studio breeze that's going to be outdoors um and then we are going to head down the coast that weekend with the mother hips and play a couple shows with them one's going to be in ventura at the Ventura Music Hall, and then we're playing in Orange County at the Coach House in uh, San Juan Capistrano, And uh, both both those nights are with the Mother Hips.
0: And anything beyond that?
3: Oh gosh, I'm sure there's something that I'm forgetting that's gonna be in the summer, but I'm kind of just like tacking on shows, you know, incrementally. Um, I don't have like any big tours set up for the summer or anything like that. Hopefully in the fall.
0: Have you already started working on new stuff?
3: Oh, I'm always working on new stuff <laughs> forever. That's, that's part of the beauty of having a studio. It's like, I'm, I'm constantly, I mean, while I'm working on a record, I'm working on new stuff, you know what yeah. I mean? Or what the new record will be. Cause that's kind of my relationship with music is, um, I'm just always chasing the next song.
0: Well, you've got a great spot to do it in. I'm extremely jealous, and I'm really uh, glad we did this interview with you outside. Actually, oh, I know, it looks it's awesome. sweet. Well,
3: I'm like I was trying to figure out where I could get the best internet. This is the spot.
0: And how wonderful is it that it's outside in the trees and the sunshine? That, that I know it couldn't be better.
3: Can you hear the frogs?
0: I can. The it frogs. Can. Who-
3: the frogs are going off. Thank you so much. I really I, appreciate it.
0: I appreciate you taking the time and wish you the best of luck. Well, and
3: thank you so much for having such a lovely show to to showcase independent artists. And, and um, it's just great that you do what you do. Thank you.
0: No, thank you for making the music. Take care. Have a great All rest right. of your day.
3: Okay. Bye-bye. You too.
0: Bye. I won't listen
2: for you madly. I won't wait there for you sadly or unbroken or unchanged. Away There was something about you last night. Anytime you wanna get back with me love. I should have Escape in the autumn of summer. Sweet blood dark and go up for a century into change, baby. In the temple, past the rampart, the longing in the silo, unbridled into change. The thought of you, the spring arrives full senses. In the heart of Phantom Flame, a brandy tree, the second season endless. I should have known you were right. I should have known.
0: And Ryan McCaffrey, a.k.a. Go By Ocean, for taking the time to guest on West of Twin Peaks Radio. His album, Can I Communicate with the Unknown, is available now on all the usual platforms. This is MJ and you're listening to a Best of West of Twin Peaks Radio here on BFF.fm. In late March, I had the pleasure of chatting with Cardboard People, the East Bay Project of powerhouse vocalist, songwriter, musician, and activist Yunako Berry, and multi-hyphenate Bay Area producer-musician Jim Greer. Jim and Yunako teamed up just before the pandemic and started making some genre-defined music under the moniker Cardboard People. They released their debut self-titled LP on April 3rd, and coming up is our chat and deep dive into that LP. But first, let's hear a track off of it. This is called Every Little Thing.
5: If you let it, you can
6: open yourself.
0: got one of you hi there he is hi hi good to see you again
1: yeah you too um, awesome here I am I'm, I'm here I just just had somebody walk out the door and I'm meeting another pr- producer meeting with another potential artist so I'm all I'm all coffeeed up and I've been talking for an hour and a half so <laughs> deep
0: breath well, as I always call you, the busiest man in Bay Area showbiz. I I don't know how you do it, and uh, I'm in awe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I appreciate you noticing. That means a lot to me. It really does.
0: Well, congratulations in advance both of you on the upcoming, you know, release of the self-titled, shall we say, debut LP. I found it powerful confident socially conscious yet you can dance to it and that's what uh makes it really sink in awesome you've been working yeah you've been working (laughs) on this a while
1: yeah we have been working on it a while and the whole concept and the whole band it kind of mostly happened during the pandemic so so um which has been really nice because it kind of took the pressure off a lot of stuff that people have to do and Mm -hmm. um, you know in terms of like promoting and playing live and doing all that stuff and it's just been really creative and we've gotten to hang out in the studio a lot and then um, and then uh, putting the album together you know it kind of put itself together in a way like we kind of made it without realizing we were making it and then we both could sort of sense the time coming that it was time to like really take our project and wrap it all up with a bow and start putting it under the Christmas tree, as it were, and um, and we're there, you know? And it's like, here, here it comes. And we've been playing more shows lately, and like we just keep getting this ridiculous response at the live show. I mean, you were at the one in the street fair, you know, and just people sort of start to gather, <laughs> and um, that just keeps happening, like, every time, which is super cool and, like, is rare in music, you know? Usually people either ignore you or sort of wander around. But not in this band.
0: <laughs> so you, you know, you do all the the lyric writing of all this. And when did you start writing? I mean, you've been releasing singles for from you know that show up on this album for like almost three years now. Yeah, when did, you, yeah <laughs> when did you start writing some of this stuff pre pandemic? Um, we
6: wrote a couple of things pre pre pandemic. Um, I me and Jim are one and the same in that we're always making music in some fashion or form, um, constantly all the time. Like my brain never stops. So some of the material, um, some of the material is either pre-written or like I have an idea and I'll bring to Jim or like he's giving me a, when we first started, um, working with each other, he gave me a folder of songs and I would just kind of sit with them and write with them just kind of, um, pull from things that I just wanted to say or needed to say, or I'm not hearing being said in music. Um, so that's, that's kind of, yeah, i kind of been writing these a little bit of a little bit pre pandemic. And then a lot of it during the pandemic um, because we just had the time.
0: And when you were bringing these things to Jim, Jim, did you then come up with start working on the beats and the sounds to it? Or did you have some beats and sounds that you put to her words,
1: each song or is, is it a different. combo of both. Each song is different. Like "Puppet" was a Yunaka demo, so she had her crazy little like Garage Band demo of the song "Puppet." You know, with the music too. So it's like it was like simpler version of it. It was like dun, dun dun, 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 and that was about it. And and which is great for me because that means like the the hook is written, the main bit of the track, and then it was like child's play for me to just like go crazy with guitars and synthesizers and bass and add all this stuff and and really she wrote the music for that song um and i i like dressed it up a whole bunch you know in the studio
6: I do personally love to create things and then give them to Jim because it's it's such a fun project process and magical process for me because a lot of the times the things that I'm not able to do on the producer side but I hear in my head he just somehow brings it out like I didn't even tell him that's what I wanted and he was like this and I'm like that's exactly what I heard this is exactly what I was trying to do and you figured out the sound that I was looking for so that is a joy
4: for me.
0: (laughs) So so that brings me to the the, the, uh, one of the major questions about this project is you two are so symbiotic How in the world did you find each other?
1: I produced this other, like, little college rock kind of Oakland indie funk band called No Lovely Thing, like, four years ago. And um, after doing that, about six months later, uh, we got a two-inch tape machine at the studio. Okay, you know what that is. Um, We needed a guinea pig band for our two-inch tape machine to try using it. And so I said I asked around and I called up the No Lovely Thing people and I said, "Hey, do you want like a free studio session? You come over." Um, when they said sure, I said, "Oh, cool." Also, since you're getting a free session, I wrote this song called "Answer Me." And I was like, would you guys record this song for me? it's like a little, it's very, um, it's very, uh, uh, staple singers to me. It's like a little staple singer song that I wrote, which I just will do for whatever reason. And, um, and I just love that kind of music. And I wrote one and, and I thought it was strong enough to ask them to play. I sent it to them. They said, yes, they showed up at the studio. They recorded their other songs on the tape. Like in the last 20 minutes of the day, um, we got to do my song and, um, and i didn't honestly and yunaka was there this entire day but i never saw her like right in front of me and we did the whole session the whole day recorded my song they left the tape machine worked great and then then i was busy and it was like three months later or two months later i was finally listening to their performance of my track and making a mix of it and i'm listening and it's fine and it's great and it's cool And at the very, very end, the singers are all singing, Answer me, won't you answer me if you know what was wrong? And then Yunaka, this voice pops out that goes, Why won't you, why won't you answer me? You know, and I was like, Who is that?
4: And
1: And I was like, Man, that's, and shit sounded so mournful and like, perfect and beautiful and improvised it was an improvised moment and i was like man what a cool singer i gotta know who that is so i contacted the guy in the band and i said hey who was at the studio that day because i don't recognize and he's like oh that's you berry and i was like you berry what and then <laughs> and then at that time i had a couple other kind of motowny tracks that i'd written for like film and tv people that i work with and um And I just wrote her on Facebook and said, hey, you were at my studio and I didn't even see you, but I like your voice. And could you come and can I hire you basically to come and sing on some other try some other stuff? And she was like, yeah. And she came over and and then um, right away. I just liked her voice a lot, obviously. And also she was really cool She's from Chicago and I'm from Ohio. So we kind of have a Midwestern thing going on. And um, and then. and then that went on, those songs happened, and then and then at that point, like then I started playing her some of the original tracks that I had. And then we started collaborating on original music and and that went on for a good long while too before we were like Decided to turn it into a project in my mind, like a, your rhythmics kind of model, you know, like cool dude with beard, cool hot singer, whatever. <laughs> um, and um, and uh, and so then I'm like, I'm like, yeah, we got to do that. And then we went to headline at the Great American Music Hall with the Angelo Project um, one night, whenever this was. And We were sitting in the car in front, and I was like, strangely, I was like really nervous about asking her. And I was just like, we should start a band. Do you want to start a band? Like, we'll start our own band. And um, she was like, yes. Yeah, "Yeah, rad, okay, you know. So, Yunaka, the... the,
4: uh...
0: The sonic courtship that was going on in between. At what point did you say to yourself, "I think this could work as a as a collaborative project"?
6: Jim does not tell me no. <laughs> Jim, I always joke and say he's my. That's
0: always wife. nice to have. <laughs> do
6: what I want to do. He he doesn't tell me no. He'll if it is like he can't. If we're not sure, he like let's we'll figure it out. But he doesn't tell me no. And I feel like in a lot of projects that I've been, and it's no shade to anybody, I feel like I've always been kind of stifled creatively. Like I haven't been able to like fully be myself or be expressive or be told that I should do a certain sound or my voice will sound great this way. And Jim will just let me explore. And even from the, the, the moment of meeting him, because um, when we first started, I we was doing the Motown songs and I was like, okay, well, I'll do them. But then when he started showing me things that he like that he really enjoys, they were also sounds and things and creative ideas that I also enjoy. Um, and so the music that he played me just got me so excited because I actually, um, when I moved to California, I was quitting music, actually. I was coming, I needed a break, I was coming to quit. And then, um, you know, as a singer, as an artist, as a musician, you never stay away from music too long. So obviously I was going out to open mics and then I landed being in different bands so it was cool for me but up until that point up until onyx i hadn't really thought about like really doing it again until onyx and then meeting Jim. so he just got me real excited about writing and, and music and the sounds that we create so it, it it was pretty much maybe after the second or third time of like us hanging out and making music i realized that i wanted to create music for this person i got my foot upon your throat I bet you didn't see it coming I've snatched your edges through the dough. Cause I'm cash shit talking And I know I'm super flyer, yeah, I'm flyer yeah. think your baby mama's cousins Done with being humble, you know that I fucking does this I'm the best to do it, it's a setup you your wet up, and you never win, it's alright I'm the
4: ghost. I thought i let you know
6: you know, a young, bubbling artist, and it's just nice to be reaffirmed, especially in the music industry. You know, especially as a Black woman in the music industry, it's just nice to be reaffirmed that, like, the the music that I'm choosing, the ideas that I'm shooting out, the lyrics that I'm writing, that they are needed. Um, and that people want to hear them. So it's just nice to just have that, like, to be a re- reaffirmed like that. Foolin', I'm a dictator. I take no prisoners. I'ma come through like it's mid-December. What's the iron throne to a revolution? House of we don't play by rules here. I'm the ghost. I thought I'd let you know. Hey.
0: that kind of struck me about this whole project uh, album is that it mixes genres or not mixes it blends genres it moves through them very easily from hip-hop to punk to this
1: I'm such a genre I don't even know that I don't do the same genre of music anymore I've, I've lost I've lost the ability to remember because I make music every single day and i i mean i produce so many records like i'm like the only thing that your genre is you like to me like this genre of all these genres is what we are and 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 people will even like we have a publicist right now and uh, you know you can feel the world wanting you to like be one thing a little bit and be a lane and i just and it's like i can't name a single artist i like who from David Bowie to Queen to Kate Bush to Kendrick Lamar to Tyler the Creator to anybody I like. You know, if you listen to any of their albums, there's like a slow song, a fast song, a pop song, a, a, a weird song, a not weird song, a mainstream hit. And I don't even like, does it Does it even matter? Apparently it does, but like, I can't. But I, but I, I guess
0: the question is, it's kind of a bigger question musically. But who does it matter to? Who who is it mattering to? I don't know. Is it mattering to people, executives in the in the industry who need to pigeonhole people? You know what? do you say?
6: I, I I dealt with a lot of this in college. Um, I was always told that I needed to pick a vein, I needed to pick a genre, I needed to pick, and I was. Um, When I was in college I wanted to do the pop And the punk rock The rock band ensembles And I was I always felt like I was kind of being pushed Into like gospel and R&B Which I clearly have Influenced Grew up in Love singing But I Like my heart And I wanted to expand And do other things And I felt like In music school I'm told That I need To pick a lane Because it's just That's just the way The industry is And I feel like um, I also work in marketing Outside of what me and Jim do, um, it's it's just easier for labels to sell and make music. I feel like, but I feel like if you're a, if you're if you're here for the music, if you're a music head, it doesn't really matter. And I feel like a lot of the albums that I grew up listening to, whether the artist was an R art, and artist or a pop artist, like Jim said, there's a fast song, there's a slow song, there's a kind of pop song, there's a kind of gospel song, and I just like all the great albums that I love seem genreless to me.
1: been really 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 hardcore about following letting stuff come to us and responding being reactive with this project rather than running around desperately trying to do everything which i've done plenty of in my life it's like if nobody's offering us some show this week we just won't that's fine you know we'll wait till something something will come up which is so much so stressed so much less stressful you know I, I love like like meeting like Ellie Stokes and her thing and like she was an early fan and just gave us so much just 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 a littlest bit and you too just a littlest bit of liking it you know fuels us a lot and that's so much more pleasing and fun to to do work off of that karma than to be like trying to do something that, you know, trying to play at the war field all the time. But I
6: think also when we first started this project, me and Jim kind of agreed that like, we, he's been in more obviously than I have, but like, we've both been in projects where you kind of just like hustling and hustling, and we never wanted to like lose the fun from, from this. Um, and we didn't mind kind of going, going slow and with the flow of this project, and obviously it's picking up and we're that's what we wanted, we're enjoying it. but um we're also having moments where we're like stepping back and like okay like let's figure this out before it gets too busy and i think a lot of that comes from i know especially for me and i I guess i can speak for jim like this as well Is like i'm tired of trying to fit into spaces that i obviously don't fit in like i'm tired of trying to fit a triangle into a square and i want to go where um i fit or where people are enjoying it engaging with it and love it like he said that that makes it, that reminds me of like, why are we doing this and connecting with people?
0: So yes. this has been an awesome conversation. What, what song do you think we, I ought to close our segment with today off the, off the uh, LP? What song do you think would be a good peg to the, our conversation today? And Still Arise.
6: I know it's our single, but the response that we're getting to this publicly and privately, because people are like messaging me on my personal Instagram and on cardboards. And I'm just kind of seeing the way people are interacting with it online. Because I, I do do um, a lot of our like, social media kind of run a little bit of that. Um, the response is 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 crazy for me because it's, it's, it's such a personal song. Um, it's very much picked from like a part of my childhood that I chose to write about and so many people are relating to it. Um, I think it's just the perfect time for it to be out into the world Um, after everyone is kind of putting a dot on the pandemic and inflation is crazy. And people are like, people can't afford to live. They can't afford to eat. They can't afford to go to work. And like, we're still here. We still, we're still rising. Um, we had so much death during the pandemic, and so many people are still here. Um, so I think that is just, it's just such an important song right now.
0: Well, thank you both for, I know how busy you are, obviously, <laughs> 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 for taking the time to chat with me about everything today. I thank so appreciate you. your music and sharing your story, and and it's a great spending time with you.
6: Thank you so much, MK.
0: You're totally
1: right.
4: So a wish
0: Jim and Yanaka for the chit-chat and deep dive into their self-titled Cardboard People LP. These peeps have shows happening all the time, so catch up with them by following them on Instagram at cardboardpeople underscore. This is MJ, and you're listening to a best of West of Twin Peaks Radio here on BFF.fm. Oakland alt folk singer-songwriter Asha Wells reached out to me over a year ago as they started releasing their first ever singles. I was immediately taken by their music and had been waiting for the release of their debut LP, which finally dropped on March 31st. The album, called Water Words, is one of those gems to absorb and sit with, a stunning debut project from a very talented artist. My guest artist segment with Asha started with the opening track off the LP. This is called At Night. Float can see the
7: shore I watch myself row But listen to her Awoke In the dark Falling from the boat To a great white shark And I look myself In the eye night no. Come on, break
0: Good, how are you? I am awesome. I have been looking forward to this for like how long? Two years or something now almost. Yeah
8: I know since I first reached out. No I'm yeah. so excited to talk I, to you about
0: the record. You've been working on this for quite some time.
8: Well it's been done for a really long time. I feel like it's um, been a long time coming. It was kind of in the depths of the pandemic when it was really um, being produced and recorded. But the last couple months, we've been working on mixing and mastering it. And now we're all ready. When did you start writing? The Well and Marianne, the first songs that I wrote um, before the pandemic, those are kind of separate for me but also feel very like drawn into the whole experience and like the arc of the album and the arc of you know change as a person and this season of my life um so i i recorded that first the well which was the first single probably the sixth song on the album but Um, That I recorded a week before lockdowns um, with Jason Kick, and then we took a long break, obviously, (laughs) Um, and got back to it around September, but at that point I was writing songs kind of furiously. I was in a very heightened emotional state, and um, it was just kind of flowing out of me. Constantly,
7: floating, watching. No, I know, I no, know, I know, I know. It'll catch me, even when I don't want to be caught.
0: When you say the arc of the album, could you define what you see as the arc of the album?
8: Like with the first track being at night, it it is kind of my experience in a dream and like then I go into like the start of a relationship with a new person and like really having to look at myself in a relationship and feel all of the feelings that um, are involved with that and you know, it, it was very intense. I'm a very sensitive person and around that time I was feeling a lot of just like like true blue sadness, just like a lot of emotion and A lot of the darker songs came from that time, but also a lot of um, like self-realization and like personal work kind of comes through when you get to songs like Motorbike and The Weight nearing the end of the album that kind of has like a soft landing resolution where it's like no matter what relationship you're in, no matter what relationship, look like to you or for you um like every relationship has its problems and it's about kind of choosing to stay with the person and seeing the good in it and obviously there's a lot to be said for if you're in an abusive relationship not choosing those kinds of things but there's always going to be strife and turmoil in a relationship and just choosing the person that you're with every day, I think, is my outlook um for longevity and like deeper understanding of another person.
7: There is an angel on my shoulder she's sending me mixed messages. me such strange things she tells me such
8: Drugstore Perfume and Blue Angels, which is going to be the next single. And that's kind of, I feel like where the tone shifts and those two songs run into each other. And Blue Angels feels like more uncomplicated, simple folk pop. Um, And then it transitions into Kind of the B side of the album where it is more complicated <laughs> you know it's darker um, So that's kind of how I see the arc of the album
4: you don't,
7: you don't. Bright. I feel it in my eyes.
0: Another thing I really enjoy about the album is I know you worked on it heavily and did a lot of writing during the pandemic, but it does not strike me as a pandemic album whatsoever.
8: I definitely was experiencing some of those things, but also kind of on the other end of like starting a relationship and like the like intensity of like not loneliness you know the thing that I was experiencing so fully before that and then like having to like fully like confront like another person and like in their entirety um but yeah I I think that a lot like the record didn't I didn't feel like I was in a rush to put it out because it does feel kind of timeless to me um and it's not super topical which I Most of my favorite music is kind of exists in any reality. Like I like to take my time getting to my next lyric and like kind of letting the musical elements of the songs develop fully before like adding or subtracting or another dynamic shift. Um, Kind of just letting it breathe.
4: stay yeah.
0: is there a song on the album that you can tell me that you wrote feeling one way and it's, it's um, it's meaning has revealed itself
8: to you much later? Yeah, actually blue angels um, is partially written about like a fictional scenario, but it is, like in reference to a kind of, like my first queer experience um, when I was in high school. And like initially when I was writing it, I was just kind of like, like I had this kind of bright open guitar part. um, And I was just writing lyrics. I was like, okay, I'm gonna like make up a scenario in my head. And I made up a scenario of, being at a Blue Angels air show when I was in high school, and like the experience of the characters is similar to an actual experience that I did have in a different setting with a person that I didn't realize that I liked in a way that wasn't just friendship, you know, and seeing somebody in a different light for the first time, Um, and, yeah I think I only really even realized that um, just as I was writing track notes for the album this past month and you know, it's pretty sweet to like think of like myself my subconscious is like putting these things out um, and delivering them to me come on girl, baby, baby come on give me
7: now Blue-way. Angels on the lines, faster than the speed of sound Your fingers so close to mine, a little doubt How long to reach out and find, but I'll go without Said so. Kiss me on the mouth. Slip on down into. wait for
0: favorite track on the album is Mood Indigo and I think it's because it just so rang so Joni Mitchell with me
7: I'm
8: is a, a huge huge source of inspiration for me um, but the the production for this song i actually um i brought in a, a david byrne song to jason and um, played it for him and i was like i, I kind of wanted to have this feel um and it was glass concrete and stone which is one of his more popular solo songs but um but he had such a huge body of work <laughs> Um, and so I I wanted to create the track around that. Um, and you know, Turbulent Indigo, I feel like that's not like where I source like my in terms of another person that has a huge,
0: um, catalog, (laughs) catalog. (laughs) (laughs) um,
8: Joni Mitchell, I feel like that's not where like my heart is in Joni's, um, in Joni's work, I feel like blue, Obviously, I feel like there's a lot of direct, like, emotional kind of rawness um, in this album. And I think that, like, I wanted this album to kind of be my blues. Unbearable, lightness
7: fills me up.
0: Are you comfortable revealing yourself through music?
8: I, yes, and no. Um, <clears throat> I think that, like, it's one of the few ways that I feel comfortable being very transparent with my emotional status. Um, I, but because I feel like I can hide, like we were speaking of before, like, I feel like there's several layers of transparency, like transparent fabrics between like the lyric and the phrasing, as well as like subtext. Um, And just, you know, the poetry of it all, I feel like it makes it less revealing. But that being said, I feel like I have rewritten a lot of songs to be less specific because it feels... not for me personally, but I don't want to um, out anybody else, you know, and I don't want to tell anybody else's story in a way that they don't feel comfortable with. Um, But yeah, the raw raw emotion of what I was experiencing at the time, I, I felt like it was something that I needed to capture. Um, to be able to work through it and process it.
0: Do you think that, um, I mean, this is really getting into the weeds about songwriting, but do, <laughs> you know, do you think that, um, like you said, you didn't want to be so specific because you didn't want to add anybody, but mm-hmm. also it challenges you as a songwriter to be less specific and mm-hmm. find other, either metaphorical ways to, say what you mean or you know get to the point you were trying to make and mm-hmm. it, it's almost going that extra step
8: as a songwriter makes you a better songwriter yes i i totally agree with you and yeah and kind of like braiding the meaning into the lyrics without just saying it because sometimes i really love when somebody just says it like in passing almost, like, in a song that's, like, very, like, nonspecific and poetic, and then it's just kind of a moment of clarity. Like, I I think that that's really beautiful. Um, And I, I try and do that, but sometimes I feel like, especially, like, when you're really in the depths of an emotional place and you're writing a song and you're kind of saying it too much. You know, I think that I, I've definitely had experiences of like writing a song and then looking at it later and rewriting the lyrics and re-recording them you know I've done I did that for up in a cloud um, on the album and I, I like it I prefer it I feel a little bit safer with the not the illusion but just plausible deniability <laughs> It's strange.
0: appreciate you spending so much time uh, chatting with me about this. It's been a yes. great conversation. And thank you for please, me. this album is definitely a favorite of mine for 2023 already. So
8: thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. MJ. i really appreciate it. I love your show. Oh Well, thank you.
0: Thank you so much. But I love your music. And that's what <laughs> makes, that's what makes my show. So
8: <laughs> Absolutely. I'd love to see you in person someday. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> totally.
0: Take care. I really appreciate Thank it. You. Keep you by and big. California, one of 11 tracks from the fantastic debut LP Water Words from Asha Wells. Thanks again to Asha for the great conversation. You can keep up with news of Asha's shows and music by following them on Instagram at underscore Asha Wells underscore. My final Best of West of Guest Artist segment features a longtime favorite artist and friend of the show, Tara Lopez, founder and frontwoman of the Sacramento-based project Rituals of Mine. Tara is getting ready to release brand new music in the coming weeks, but I chatted with her recently as she was preparing to appear in her first live show in San Francisco since the pandemic. I started Tara's segment off with a track off her most recent LP, Hype Nostalgia. This song is called Come Around Me. Feeling frustrated,
5: I don't have the time. The words inside my mind I've got another life I, I've gotta hold it down I think about that too often Don't know what that's about Never had enough room to figure out Going through the motions Only brings me down If I'm being honest I barely made it out. But now I'm looking for None of this fake shit None of this fake shit When you come around me Now that you hear this, now that you hear this Will you come around me? It's back to the basics, back to the basics When you come around me Ooh, it's all that is needed All that is needed when you come around me Underestimated, I'm running out of patience all these obligations, is this why you're in? For coffee conversation, you're just too late And you know that I'll take it And you know that I won't apologize You wanna know, where do I go? How can you make things right? You wanna talk like surprise Now that I've drawn the line If I'm being honest, I barely made it out None of this fake shit when you come around me. Now that you hit this, now that you hit this, when you come around me? It's back to the basics, back to the basics when you come around me.
0: Oh, hello, God! It's wonderful to see you again.
9: here to see you as well.
0: It's the last time we talked. You just released Hype Nostalgia, and we were in like serious lockdown.
9: Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, and I remember that call, which seems like a lifetime ago, to be quite honest.
0: <laughs> well, and and that kind of brings me around really quickly to the Hype Nostalgia tour. You never got a chance to tour it, but I'm assuming, correct me if I'm wrong, that the record was completed before the pandemic.
9: It was, yeah. We had finished it at the end of 2019 or maybe, you know, like in the fall of 2019. And so our plan was to release it in 2020 and go on a full national tour, maybe even international. And then of course the pandemic hit and we, yeah, we never got to play the songs. We never got to tour. And that was, um, that was difficult. That was really hard. You used to love, you used to
0: my Do you really enjoy performing live? Don't you?
9: It's honestly my favorite favorite thing about doing all of this. It's the connection with with those that, um, you know, resonate with your music. It's the energy exchange. It's um, also very therapeutic for me to perform. So it was a very, very strange uh, two and a half years.
0: We had talked in depth about the whole idea behind Hype Nostalgia. The whole album was about um, processing your traumas. And then we go into a mass international trauma, and it's almost like this allowed everyone else to process a trauma that had nothing to do with your trauma. But you know, I I don't know what what do you think about that?
9: That's super interesting that you that you say that because I honestly hadn't thought about. That connection, that correlation, but yeah, I mean, we all experienced this collective grief and collective trauma over the last two and a half, three years, um, and and it was a lot. You know, I felt like I spent all of 2018 and 2019 while writing this album, dealing with my own personal traumas, and so then to to go right into a, a global pandemic and experience a whole other level of trauma that. I personally, and, and most folks, all if not all of us, have never experienced before. It was, I'm still processing that. Tell me what I want to hear, make it
5: sound clean. Tell me what I want to hear, make me sound clean. Trauma can never figure me out. Maybe it's not my fault. Maybe it's yours now. Yeah, trauma can never forgive me out. Uh. Maybe it's in my blood. Maybe it's yours now. Yeah, trauma can never figure me out. Uh. Maybe it's not my fault. Maybe it's yours now. Yeah, trauma can never forgive me out. Uh. Maybe it's in my blood. Maybe it's yours now. Yeah, these thoughts are ugly. I don't wanna hear them. What's worse is that I cannot take either. They told me to go deep, I'm in the deep end Waiting for this to run its course but now I'm playing defense I have Nothing to hide, nothing to lose, no reason to lie When you're born, out of failure, why eyes, there the reason to try Never had the language, now we call it mountain life And I'm telling you how I feel but I won't tell you twice Trauma can never forgive me Maybe it's not my call, maybe it's yours now, yeah Trauma can never forgive me Maybe it's in my blood. maybe it's yours now, yeah. Trauma can never forgive me. Maybe it's not my call. maybe it's yours now, yeah. Trauma can never forgive me. Maybe it's in my blood, maybe it's yours now, yeah.
0: The processing of trauma and your experience of losing two people very close to you and then getting help for that mm-hmm. and then being dipped into this national national international world trauma. Do you think you were better prepared? For the big one? (laughs) After having experienced some very personal ones?
9: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it helped and allowed me to kind of know that I'm resilient. And that's kind of what got me through that entire process. And still to this day, if I'm stressed out or if I'm anxious about a situation, um, I just keep telling myself I'm resilient. I've gotten through so much. Um, And that definitely helped throughout the pandemic so many, so many times. It almost became a mantra of I'm resilient, I got this. I've been through, you know, hardships before, and so I definitely think in that way, it helped um, just remind myself that, you know, it, it, I was going to be all right no matter what. I was going to figure it out.
0: But being at being at that level, which is awesome, and it's very, it's a very healthy level to be at, and to consider yourself at. But so many other people, especially artists weren't at that level and bingo you know
9: and it was really hard it was still so tough um for all artists and and definitely myself i'm no exception we really went through this identity crisis of you know for the last 15 years i was able to tour and I toured eight, nine months out of the year. And so to go from that high level of touring and traveling and having a purpose to nothing all at once and with no end in sight, um, it definitely led to depression. It led to anxiety. It led to trying to figure out ways to reinvent, um, led to a lot of having to learn new skills in order to live stream or, you know, how do we pivot into um, different modalities and it was exhausting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, and it it was, and, and it's, it's not funny, but I use the term and it's funny because people like me who don't have, um, a musical outlet or whatnot, I really personally relied on music Mm. to Help get me through the pandemic is that an extra added pressure
9: (laughs) it absolutely definitely is because i feel like with artists because of that we were still expected to create new music um, perform we were still expected to just continue on and uh, there were a lot of us who just really struggled with trying to figure out how do we do that in this new normal and Um, I had a lot of friends really, really, really struggle with identity. That was, I think, a very big issue, and I think we're only now starting to kind of get out of it. Um, But like, without touring, without being able to record, without being able to do what we love to do, who are we? And that was definitely a question I asked myself many, many times. Who am I um, over the last three years? I came
5: to see I came to see You're looking at me now You're looking at me now
9: actually what kind of led me to pivot during the pandemic, I started working at an organization called Backline where we provide mental health and wellness resources to the music industry because I saw firsthand, um, how much artists and their crew and everyone in the industry were hurting. I, I actually won, um, definite like situation that happened really opened up my eyes and was losing a friend to a mental health crisis. He was an artist um, during the pandemic and it really just showed me like there are real consequences to this and, and there are real people hurting behind the scenes and so I've been working there for about a year and a half and it's been Really huge and very meaningful to be able to direct folks who need the help to be able to get them that help. I call you
5: love, and
9: of the pandemic, it was very wonderful and a relief to see and hear and and see that these conversations were being had, that artists were being recognized, that the struggles we had already been going through for decades um, just got harder and exacerbated and that was being talked about. Um, But it is kind of wild now to me how Things are just kind of rolling back into all right normalcy, and there's still so many artists struggling with the last three years and that gap. And um, you know, the industry is kind of in a tougher position than it was even prior. But we're still yet expecting folks to go on tour and to and to just kind of go on as normal. So yeah, it, it's kind of a balance. In the beginning, I was very encouraged. Um, to see the conversations that were being had and I just kind of wish that it was a little bit more sustained
0: do you think coming as a result of all this that artists now are more willing to use their voices and speak up about how they're being how they're feeling how they're being treated by the industry the way the industry runs do you think there's a larger voice being heard.
9: I am very hopeful that we're starting to see artists talking about their mental health, talking about tour and the struggles of the reality of that. You know, how much tour is, how um, even if you're touring and it's, a uh, you know, you're selling out shows, you're still losing out on money. And so... It's encouraging to see that we're talking about it because then it allows us in the industry to know like we're not alone. We're um, we're all kind of feeling this. We're all dealing with these struggles. And and that's where the real help, I think, um, begins is just knowing you're not alone in that.
0: During the pandemic, uh, the independent venues kind of bonded together to create an association to, that still exists today to ensure survival and make sure that those issues don't go away do artists have the same sort of deal?
9: You know, that's funny that you bring that up because I think about that all the time, about some kind of union for artists. Um, why doesn't that exist? I mean, I think on some level, I, I know that there are conversations about it. I don't know the first thing about how to start it, but I'd be more than willing to participate and, and help make that a reality because I do think that there should be bare minimum requirements for artists to play a music venue, um to record a record, um to have just like a base level of support, I think would be a game changer for the industry. Yeah, I know that there is a union um against you know, like for artists, for streaming platforms, you know, asking Spot- the Spotify's, the Amazon's of the world to um, to pay artists more for uh, for streaming. But I think there should be an overall, you know, touring, mental health, healthcare kind of um, overall union for artists. Uh, it, it's you know, if we we bring so much to the table. And we bring so much to the economy, um, you know, the touring circuit alone and into cities, and I think that there should be a, a base level of support for that.
0: you start putting this tour together how did how did that all how did that all happen
9: yeah so we knew um that we wanted while working on the next album which is what we're finishing up lp3 we knew that we wanted to tour hype nostalgia and have a proper um string of shows but it's also a very scary time um still even to this you know to this day of touring so we're doing a very small run west coast pacific northwest Um, Just to kind of feel it out, it has been three and a half years since we've been um, up north, Um, so it's definitely a little nerve wracking, but we started planning it in November of last year and we knew we had to go to Seattle, to Portland, some of our favorite cities and then obviously um, California dates. Uh, But, yeah, we're just really excited to perform. And, again, there's a lot of nerves because it feels in a lot of ways like we're brand new at this since it's been so long.
0: The songs on Hype Nostalgia um, are very you. In fact, the last song, The Last Wave is, is... there's not a lot of sonics covering you it's you can we expect to see more you
9: in the next album that's really such a cool insight from you um because i feel like with prior work whether it was sister crayon or rituals of mine i definitely hid myself in a lot of ways whether that was through metaphor or reverb or instrumentation um i definitely was able to kind of layer it on and for hype nostalgia and for this new album it is very raw it's very um upfront there's really no metaphor i've kind of strayed from that writing um and it's very um journalistic in a way where i'm just kind of you know just being very upfront with the listener and with myself with how i'm feeling about certain situations and uh yeah a lot less instrumentation in that in that regard um so that's really cool that you picked up on that because it, it was a very intentional evolution for songwriting and, and for us
5: oh,
9: so we're actually in the mixing and, and final production phase for the album we um started recording and writing during the pandemic uh it was my producer, longtime producer, Wes Jones, lives in Florida and actually moved during the pandemic back to his hometown and bought a house. I moved during the pandemic from LA back to my hometown and bought a house. And we kind of hold up in our respective homes and would send ideas back and forth to each other, which is how we started working together in the first place years ago. And so um, a couple of times during the pandemic, I flew out to Florida and we recorded at this incredible studio, Pulp Arts, um, which is Hundred Waters uh, recording studio. And it was incredible. It was one of the best experiences I've ever had in a studio um but it was very interesting recording and writing an album during the pandemic because even then it was um you know every day kind of trial and error of how do we engage with one another wearing masks or um you know just it was a very isolating experience in that way of um just kind of the two of us in the studio working together and and getting all these songs out but the last session um was last late last summer and i went and we recorded nine songs in three days and so it was was a it was a lot it was there's a lot going in to these sessions because we only have a, a certain amount of time well
0: and hype nostalgia you did several just wonderful music videos to go with it Uh, Can we expect that as well? The the L.A. version of Tara?
9: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I mean, we are, we've always been just so um, lucky to be able to work with just incredible filmmakers. And this time around, it's going to be no exception. Uh, Actually, one of my dearest friends, and who happened to be my roommate during the pandemic, M.J. Lott is this incredible filmmaker who we actually um, worked with on the trauma video for Hype Nostalgia. We're going to do a full series together for this new album. So I'm really excited about that.
0: So back to more current day. So the show at San Francisco's Neck of the Woods is April 12th? Yeah. Is it April 12th? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and um, I love the bill you've put together.
9: Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, really excited for all of the shows. We um, handpicked every single artist that is coming on the road with us or, or touring or not touring, sorry, all the locals for, for each show. And Mahawam is just one of my all-time favorites. They are absolutely incredible. Um, I know that you have spoken to Mahawam yourself and um, they're just beautiful and just just incredible live. And Orison is actually from Connecticut from the East Coast. This will be our first time playing together. They're going to do the three California dates with us. And I'm just so excited. I, I The energy from these two acts are just, it's it's so new and refreshing and so I'm really excited for this bill
0: well it's it sounds like a I mean you seem like you're in a really good headspace right now um are you are you are you are you feeling
9: it you know I'm I'm excited I'm nervous I'm really really excited more than anything though to just be on stage, to be back in a touring band with my bandmates, um, to just be on the road, honestly, um, I think is really powerful. And it's tour is just so fun. You get into this rhythm and you get to meet incredible people every night who um, you know, have some kind of attachment to your music. And so it's a really beautiful thing to be able to finally get to play for folks again. We're so honored to have people support all of these years later. And so we're really excited to to get to perform and show people the Hype Nostalgia album as it as it should have been back in 2020. So we're really excited for that.
0: Well, and you must also be excited that the Sacramento Kings have come from out of nowhere.
9: Finally, because actually, did you know, my first job when I was 15 was I was a ball girl for the Sacramento Kings and for the Monarchs. So cool. And that was the last time I think that they were good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got
0: you got Mike Brown from us. So, you know, I mean, everything turned around with Mike Brown. So
9: right, that's true. That's true. So, um, yeah, it's an exciting time, I think, for Sacramento. It's it's fun. It's fun to see the excitement and the energy.
0: Well, we'll light the beam for you and for the
4: kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's been wonderful chatting with you again, Tara, and catching up. It's, you know, I just really enjoy talking to you and and watching you from afar and whatnot and i hope to get to the show at the neck of the woods
9: yes thank you so much mj it is so awesome to have your support and it's always such a pleasure to talk to you i love your energy
0: take care be safe on the road and hope to see you soon
9: yes thank you so much thank you love bye
0: Only Way Out is Through, a recent new single release from Rituals of Mine. My thanks to Tara for the chit-chat. Can't wait for new music to come out. And that does it for this Best of West of Twin Peaks Radio. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode featuring guest artist San Francisco's Marika Christine. Until then, be kind, be well, peace.